We're not trying to replace everybody's wheels with our wheels. We're just definitely another option. Welcome to the Finger Space Podcast, a weekly show where we will dive deep into the history, stories, and controversies surrounding the fingerboarding community. All right, what is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in today. We will be chatting with Justin and Zach of Imperial Fingerboarding. How are you guys doing? What's going on, man? Doing perfect. Today, nice and hot in South Florida. Nice and hot in South Florida. Man, very envious of you at the moment, but I don't care (laughs) for the humidity, I'll be honest. Oh, it's terrible. Man, do you guys know what Florida man did today or no? No, what'd he do? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you guys. Uh, I'm sure it's an alligator with something his teeth. stupid. So, as you guys know, this is a fingerboarding podcast. You guys run a fingerboarding company. So, it kind of makes sense that we're talking to one another. Um, we're all on the same page for that one. If you guys don't mind me asking, uh, how did you guys get into fingerboarding? Ah, uh, man. I mean, as a kid, Back in, what, 98 when Tech Tech first came out? I mean, everyone loved them. They brought them to school, something to do while the teachers were going on and on about whatever. And as a kid, you never really take it serious. Like now, yeah. people are doing crazy stuff on these things. You know, as a kid, you're using your finger to do all these and just stupid stuff. What about you, Zach? Yeah, so I've never really been, I guess, in a <laughs> fingerboarding in the enthusiast way. I've only done... I've had like a tech tech uh, as a kid in middle school, always making ramps and stuff out of textbooks and whatnot. And then um, I wouldn't, I think I, yeah, actually went to middle school with uh, Justin. We've just basically kept in contact ever since. And maybe like five, six, seven years ago, he would just always throw me a random, uh, like the fingerboard type. I've always had the tech decks and just started messing around with it. To this day, I, I'm still pretty horrible at fingerboarding, (laughs) but I love jumping ramps and making crazy setups and whatnot. But, but you each bring your own uh, talents to the table, I guess. Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, Justin knows, Justin's been in the fingerboard community. How long now? Yeah, just about. And then I've been mixed out with my 3d printing and the 10 hours a day. Not really, but, what it feels like constant <laughs> testing is really all this is but yeah we bring that together to try and develop good products for the fingerboard community yeah it's been fun and it's a great learning experience so far yeah when we started this it was really just a joke he was like i got a 3d printer i can start printing you decks and i was like hell yeah dude let's do this and they turned yeah. out so good that i was like we we need to share this with everyone else it was funny one of our first decks mostly when you 3D print with resin specifically, most of it is extremely brittle. It's mainly for like tabletop miniature figurines to paint. Um, so then there's actually engineering resins out there. So we went through quite several amount of resin just to get a final product that wouldn't break when you do one trick. A lot of testing. Yeah, That's a lot cool. of testing. And our first board was actually developed from a, th- a 3D scan of uh, one of Justin's wooden fingerboards. We basically took it's like 100, 120 photos all in like a 360 uh, degree around the board. Wow. Uh, edited a little bit in some 3D software and got somewhat of a working model printed it for Justin. Justin's like, dude, you got to make, you got to make a ton of these. And 
went through everything and then uh now we've got it to this board we're actually working on two other boards yep but we're a little bit focusing more on wheels now to it's been about four good oh, months oh, yeah. of testing with oh, our new sucks. bearing lock system it's fun it's just very very tedious but uh it's always worth it with the final product that's something I can definitely say that I respect very much. I mean, ever since I found out about you guys, however long ago it was, maybe three months ago when I first saw your wheels and I've been talking to you since, it's your, your R&D. It seems to be very meticulous and you guys put a lot of work and effort into that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a wild ride, a big headache most of the time. All this is is trial and error. And once you print, there's always something we're going to have to fix. It's kind of like it's programming. Fun, you fix one thing and now you have five more problems. <laughs> exactly. Butterfly effect until you miraculously get that perfect measurement, that perfect print settings, and then you can make a batch. And yeah, a lot of people think product. that it's just press a button and print, but there's so much more into it than just that. Yes, it's like no, nobody ever sees the work that goes in and behind it. You know, everybody just sees a final product. Exactly. But, if you don't mind me asking, you guys put a lot of time and effort into the research. How long does it actually take to make a set of wheels, to print a set of wheels? It depends on the resin and the resin settings, but currently at the moment, it He's depends on this. Our specific resin printer, what dictates the amount of time is how high the layers are or how big the okay. object is on the Z-axis. But the wheels, those are tiny. It's I think... Right now, it's about 48 minutes, give or take. But then you have to add an, another 40 minutes of cleaning and post-UV uh, curing. When all's, when all's said and done and we have the final product ready, probably about two hours would get us 20 sets of wheels. Okay. All right. So, it, it, I mean, compared to, let's say, the traditional uh, lathing method, it, it's a little bit faster. But right. the the work you kind of have to put in beforehand is not. It's months. It's months of figuring everything out. Especially say you print like an eight millimeter sized wheel. It's actually, there's a tolerance uh, plus or minus, I think it's like 0 0.07 millimeters. So that eight millimeter wheel is actually going to read, uh, if you measure it, it's going to be like 8.06, 8.07. When you factor that into like, say your bearing locks, Anything that you, you know, any adjustments or size differences that are internally in the wheel, it could be completely way off, throw you off. That's what stumped us for two months straight, you know, bearing is what, two millimeters thick? Yeah, yeah, just about. And if we have it at two and it's not fitting, that's because it's actually 1.94 or 2.07. It's very frustrating, but when you actually figure that out, make the right adjustments. That's why it's so many prints. Like you got to make a decimal point adjustments to get the perfect fit, to have no wiggle, to not have anything break when you use it. So when you get that perfect golden number, um, it's very rewarding. And that sounds awesome. It is very precise and meticulous. I mean, let's say uh, making decks. I mean, wooden decks at least. Uh, I'm a deck. I'm a deck maker. Excuse me. I I don't know if you guys have made your wooden fingerboards, uh, but like, let's say if you're off making a 34 millimeter board and you're at 34.1 or 34.2, uh, 
it's not really that big of a deal. But if that happens when you're making something like this, I mean, it can throw you off completely. Exactly. Yeah. I've never made a uh, wooden fingerboard, but I've been looking up the process, the molds. I would love to make one of our boards to an actual wooden one. And that's something in the future uh, we'd definitely be able to do. Have you guys ever tested out or played with the um, wooden 3D printing materials? I don't know much about them, but I've seen them around. I've seen, from what I've seen, there's, it's the other type of 3D printer. There's the filament-based printer that has a big spool of plastic, basically gets melted, like you're squeezing out ketchup, you know. Um, and then ours resin has to do with liquid resin that's cured through UV lights. I've saw for the filament-based, the plastic spool, I saw it was like a a wood textured looking plastic. I don't know if it was actually wood or it just looked like wood, but when you they printed it, someone just printed, you know, 3D boxes or something like crates, but they looked it's funny, it kind of did look like wood, but I don't know if there's any other wood infused I don't know, it's 2021 that I'm sure there's liquid wood right now. Yeah, there's always coming up with something completely new. So what got you into 3D printing to start if it wasn't, you know, fingerboarding, if you already had the 3D print? For me, it was something I've been looking into, honestly, like for painting. Uh, I'd like to make sculptures in virtual reality. Then you could print them, paint them, get them casted in other types of resin. Uh, for me, mainly, yeah, it was just printing things I've created. Like I've been learning Fusion 360 and other 3D modeling software is mostly just hobby for me and uh, like tabletop miniatures, you know? And then, <laughs> then I hit up Justin that one day. He's like, Hey, we should try some fingerboarding stuff. Cause that's small enough. Cause the build plate on my printer about the size of a um, size of your cell phone, really. Okay. Can't print huge things. So it's people buy these mainly for tabletop miniatures or fun functional parts you can make for around the house. So it's kind of just a hobby type thing. And then this developed into this fingerboarding, which no problem with that. It's awesome. And we also, I'm learning a lot trial and error from this. So it benefits me both in the hobby sense and in uh, the benefit of Imperial. So going into Imperial a little bit more as a, as a brand, when did you guys officially start? When did you launch? Oh, that was, uh, I want to say mid-June. Uh, I thought that was more like April. May. It was very early um, spring. Early this year, yeah. Early, early uh, 2020. Uh, that whole year kind of mashed into a three-month period. And everybody's yeah. like... <laughs> so I guess you could take it quarter one 2020 is when we officially started, made everything official, side. Made the page. They made the uh, social media page. The shop. Um, can you guys... We, I know we talked uh, about it a little bit earlier off the show, but can you guys kind of describe your two different roles, uh, Justin and Zach, and what you guys kind of bring to the table for one another? So I'm the fingerboarder who knows how I like my decks to be made personally. You know, some people like a lower kick. Our decks are more of a higher concave, higher kick. And then he's more the mad scientist, the behind the scenes guy that's made the boards, the files, the wheels. Yeah, Justin does sales, PR, social media, he does everything on the front end. I do most of the manufacturing, post-production. Justin helps with post-production as well, but sometimes um, I'm just a nerd on the computer in the background. 
hacking into the matrix to get us a working wheel <laughs> and board but pretty much. And Justin's out of the front line and Justin knows a lot about the fingerboard community, which it seems yep. it's a pretty, pretty small, but close knit community. There's uh, it's very, everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Just about it's um, he knows what people want, what looks good, what suggestions, you know, so the types of wheels, we're uh, releasing a small, uh, I guess you would call them core shaped wheels, mini cores. Mini yeah. cores. Ooh, mini cores. Yeah. And so Justin's like, here, look, this is something I want, or what I think people would buy or people would want. Really, really, it's me wanting stuff and going, here, Zach, here's a picture. <laughs> you make that. <laughs> yeah. And then he posts it and he's like, okay, uh, we got like 20 people want to buy this. I'm like, oh, crap. All right. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I guess the pressure is really, really on there because I am one of those 20 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's what fuels our, our resin forge. Yeah, when we started this, this was all just for me to get free fingerboard stuff. And then I was like, why not share with the rest of the world? Oh, how nice of you. <laughs> right? Definitely not self. Uh, never mind. Oh, man. So, so Justin, you, you being kind of more the one that's in tune with the, the fingerboarding community, did you guys have any struggles trying to break in? You know, it's kind of hard nowadays. I mean, I, I say kind of Instagram is the best and the worst thing to happen to fingerboarding. Because yeah. it gives us access to everybody, but that means everybody can kind of make their own startup without having, let's say, even a legitimate product. So did you guys have any issues kind of breaking in and trying to get your foot in through the door that way? Well, you know, luckily, 3D printing is still kind of new to the fingerboard community. So when someone sees a 3D printed deck or wheel, it pretty much piques their interest right away. So the general consensus about the boards, mainly, yeah, I mean, like, 3D printed boards or people are like, oh, it's crap plastic. Why would I want to buy that? Or yeah, we get a lot people of buy it and they test it. They're like, wow, I like the pop. Yeah. I like the the feel of it. It's, it's lighter. And so it's yeah. generally, you know, at first a negative, I guess, impression or thoughts on it. And then they yeah. make the jump to purchase it. And it's positive after that. Yeah. Majority of the people will be like, why won't, why don't I just buy a tech deck and I have to explain to them the difference between a resin and a plastic. And then they kind of buy it, but not knowing what to think. And once they get it and they start using it, the first thing I get from them is, wow, this thing really pops high. Like this is a lot better than I was expecting. And they really, it changes their mind instantly. Man, I, I can say definitely that that's a hundred percent true from when you sent me and uh, Bert the boards for the event for yeah. when you guys sponsored the event does not feel the same at all but it kind of is interesting to see that shift where in the early days of fingerboarding it was tech decks pretty much other yes. than the small wooden boards you would kind of make for yourself then we transitioned into the wooden fingerboards and plastic became obsolete but now we have this resin coming in do you guys see a point where this can become the new thing in fingerboarding and kind of uh, have the majority over wooden boards I personally wouldn't see it as being having a majority. It'd be a great addition. Probably ex mainly people would have 3D printed things as accessories. Like say, not everybody's going to start maining a, a 3D printed board. They may have their main, you know, regular wooden fingerboard, but they may have 3D printed wheels, 3D printed uh, risers, 3D printed 
board really slide nice. protector rail things that I was, <laughs> yeah, you know, like little things yeah. like that, or even to ramps, like all the accessories I could see 3D printed things taking over possibly or being on the same level. But I wouldn't see people change completely to everything. Especially the board. 3D printed wheels. Those seem to be pretty popular. I mean, they're just as good as urethane or... Those seem, yeah, those seem more popular than the boards. They're um, a lot better than the plastic wheels. Ooh. I'm not trying to start. I'm just saying, you know, for the same <laughs> no, price, no, no. <laughs> you no, can get uh, 3D printed or plastic and, you know, you're going to get a better quality when you go with 3D printed. Yeah, we're not trying to sell like $60 sets of 3D no, printed wheels. At the end of the day, it is 3D printed, but that doesn't... We've already discussed our next wheel drop and prices and everything. We decided we are not going to charge more than $20 for any of our products. That, we want everyone to be able to afford our stuff, have quality products. And we're, you know, we're changing it to, I think, uh, five wheels to a set. So that would help. In case you lose one or something happens to one, you'll have a replacement. That is incredible. A $20 price point, five wheels, and then I'm, I'm assuming you guys are using the best bearings that you can possibly get your hands on. Abex 7s. Everyone seems to love them. They're smooth. They're quiet. You know, our first drop, I ordered Abex 5s because those things roll forever. But then people were saying they're kind of loud. They want something more quieter. So I looked into it found out that ABEX 7 is probably the best to go with because they they roll nice and smooth. They're quiet. They last forever. So we're just, we're trying to put out the quality for everyone and affordability for everyone. You know, whether you're new to the fingerboard world or even fingerboarding for 20 years. Yeah, and we haven't really had a wheel stock drop mainly because we've been just a lot of constant adjustments and edits, but I feel like we did one stock drop and then Justin's still getting blown up to this day. Where's the wheels? Where's the next stock drop? Oh yeah. Constantly. When are we going to get those? Uh, Oh wow. Many like constantly. So it's, I didn't expect that. Not that we're huge or anything, but we're now, I think we're at what? Nine, 900. We just hit 900 last night. 900 followers. It's yeah. We know when you asked us earlier, if uh, we had a hard time getting our foot in the door or somewhat, we've, we didn't really try that hard. We just yeah, this wasn't, posted it out and butterfly effect. effect it just, this wasn't, oh, we need to get followers. This was more of us just kind of like playing around and like, oh, let's see what happens here. And then before we knew it, we just started gaining a following, you know? Man, that's, that's wonderful. And congratulations on the 900. I'm sure you'll be at 1,000 tomorrow. <laughs> um, but, but it's wonderful to, to see something like that happen organically. Because you guys are really implementing something into the scene that's, that's kind of missing. And the price point that you're going to be entering in is like, it's going to benefit everybody. That's our goal. We exactly. just want everyone to ride quality. We're not trying off. to replace everybody's wheels with our wheels. We're just definitely another option. Affordable. Not cheap, but we'll call it affordable because they're not cheap wheels. They're, they're not cheap. They're inexpensive. Exactly. Yeah. Inexpensive quality wheels. You know, little mini wheels. You want monster truck wheels? Okay, well, you know, we'll do custom orders. You know, anything people don't normally make, we're looking to make, basically make that and put it on the yeah. market for anyone who under Like bucks. I said, when we started this, it was just for me. I just wanted free stuff and I enjoyed it so much. I wanted to share it with other people who I think would also enjoy what I like. 
we honestly, we don't care if you buy it or not, if you like our stuff. It's really just for our own entertainment. And if you guys want to be part of it, it's out there for you, you know? We got a small team of, uh, we call them the Imperial Riders. They're mainly oh, our, yeah. our test subjects, our test subjects, <laughs> if anything. We sent them all the wheels that are, where they got scratches, breaks in them. Try and break these wheels or try and break this board. So we don't send them all the perfect stuff and then save the crappy ones to sell. We kind of yeah, give the, the crappy ones to the team riders and save the golden ones to sell. Even myself, I'll, I'll take the worst stuff and just be like, if you can take this deck that's all beat up and shit and make it perfect to sell, you know, I'll take the crappy stuff. Just put the good stuff out there for everyone else. That's awesome, man. It's, especially when it happens organically and you do it for the love of it and you build this, you know, this team of people around you. Oh, yeah. Um, we have the yeah. best skate team. Our riders are awesome people, you know. Man, so it looks like our time limit is being reached. Do you guys oh. have any last words or comments or anything you guys want to plug any information you want to give out at the last minute we're having two stock drops coming up within the next two months uh we actually have finalized the mini core wheels called the slim boys the imperial slim boys are six millimeters core shaped those should be coming out the next few weeks and we have a secret stock drop that would be coming out uh right after that one and that'll be announced a few weeks as well so stay tuned for two more stock drops of wheels and follow imperial fingerboards on instagram go to our etsy shop imperial fingerboards on etsy we'll have everything up there for sale and just make sure you keep an eye out for our next wheel drop because we have yeah. a lot coming for 2021 check our instagram and our instagram stories and posts and yep. that'll keep you updated yep that's where you're going to want to be because we got a lot coming in 2021 all right. Awesome. Thank you very much, Justin and Zach. We are so excited. And I, when I say we, I'm speaking for the whole community. Um, we've been waiting for this for the past, you know, six months and we are so stoked. It was a pleasure to talk to you guys. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you guys so Appreciate much for Thank allowing you us to be here. We're very thankful. All right, guys. Well, until the next one, take care and we will see you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finger Space Podcast. Thanks for skating by, and don't forget to nosebonk that subscribe button and dark slide on over to our Discord server. This episode was produced by Finger Space Co. and hosted by Nostalgia FB. Big thanks to all guests and listeners.